Welcome to the One Small Change podcast with me, Dr. Simon Chard. I'm a cosmetic dentist, public speaker and startup entrepreneur, but most importantly, I'm a lifelong disciple of self-improvement and optimization. In this podcast, we present conversations with world-class industry leaders, sharing their expertise in high performance, spirituality, business and health. It's my job to dissect their key behaviours, routines and mindsets so that you can implement them today to create balance and success in your life. Let's get on with the show. So I'm just waiting for Simon to join. Uh, Got loads of people coming on. Oh, sites, it's a lot of numbers. And we're really excited to see you. So obviously, as promised today, we've had hundreds of questions about our experience on Dragon's Den. We've written some questions down, both me and Simon, and we're both going to talk to you today about our experience. It's like, I want to say an exclusive, but it's not an exclusive. Uh, And we're going to be telling you about how the day went, how we got on the show, why we didn't take the offer and so forth. So I'm going to add Si on now. Um, Ah, there he is. (laughs) We're live. We're live. (laughs) How's it going? I'm going to want to say how's it going, but I spoke to you about five minutes ago. So so I'm going to leave it as it is. Um, But as always, obviously, great to chat to you and so excited about this live because I know we've had loads and loads of questions. Um, So first of all, I think that I'm going to kickstart. I'm going to ask some of the questions side, but obviously we're going to have a bit of a conversation. Um, Okay, so first of all, one of the first questions is how did we actually get onto the show? So I think Sai was the first person that saw the message, I'll tell you, but the first thing had happened was is that we were featured on this morning and it was on a, I think it was the Earth Day, Sai, that happened on, on this morning with Holly and Phil, or was it just... Uh, Plastic Free July. Pla- that was it, Plastic Free July, and a girl called Sarah Jossel, who's an amazing beauty editor, she was on the show, she loved Parlour as a product, and she decided to feature it. We didn't even know she was going to feature it. It was on there. We saw Holly and Phil trying it. I don't know if you remember one of those iconic moments where he actually swallowed the tablet as a whole. And from then, we actually got an Instagram message. And Sai was the first person that read the Instagram message. So do you want to tell that part of the story and how soon after that was? Uh, Yeah, so I was doing, I think I was doing a virtual consultation at the time. And I had this email pop up on mail on my MacBook saying, uh, uh, message from Dragon's Den, um, I'm looking for the founders of Parlour. <laughs> um, so when you get that sort of message, your your heart skips a beat. And uh, yeah, and to be honest with you, I thought it was a scam. When I, when I got that first message, I was like, oh, here we go again. Someone else trying to promise something that they can't deliver. Um, but it turned out to be uh, this lovely girl, Jess, who who carried us all the way through, didn't she? <laughs> um, she was there on the day and, and she's looked after us afterwards. And um yeah, she was the one that started off the whole process. And, and the funny thing with Dragon's Den is at every single stage, they always say to you, you need to do this, but you probably won't be on the show. <laughs> and then you get to the next stage and it's like, you need to do this, but you probably won't be on the show. So you never really know. We didn't really know. They said that in the email they sent us like a week before we were going on. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you never, you never truly know till you're there. 
And, on it, and I think that's a really good point because I think it's really what Sai and I were discussing is the timeline seems to be very skewed when you watch the show. You're like, did you guys do this last week and just not tell anyone? So what yeah. happened was it was Plastic Free July, as he said. We got the messages. There's several rounds. So as far as I understand, there is a possibility for some brands to actually apply to be on Dragon's Den. And they have to go through kind of rigorous interviews and trials and so forth. But in our case, we didn't approach them we knew that we were at our very embryonic stages of the business so it didn't even cross our mind but for both Simon and I it was a dream to be on a program like Dragon's Den because we were both huge fans of it since a young age I remember yeah. always being in absolute awe of the people that had got in there and I'm going to talk a little bit about another friend of mine Daniel Murray who I managed to reconnect with really randomly last year that was also an entrepreneur knew loads of people that have been on the show has done lots of kind of investor rounds and things like that so he helps us through the process as well but by the time we actually knew that we were going to get on the show it was august 2020 and then we were on the show in september 2020 but as you know it wasn't aired until last week so it's quite a long timeline and obviously you keeping this close to yourself and the only people you can talk to about it or you know interact with are each other and it was a nightmare I, I'm, I'm the worst. I'm, I can't keep a secret to save my life. It's an ongoing joke in my in my household that I literally can't keep a secret. So to hold that one in with the fear of losing it if we didn't um, if we didn't keep it a secret was so tough. Absolutely. So I'm going to get on to the next question, and I think uh, Sar, you can take this one. What helped you guys decide who was going to go on, and why wasn't Adash there? <laughs> That was one of the easier decisions that we had to make. Um, <laughs> uh, as some of you guys may know, me and Rona quite enjoy being in front of the camera, um, but Ads definitely doesn't. And uh, he was more than happy to um, to not be there. I mean, he would have loved to be there. I'm sure he would have done. Unfortunately, because of COVID restrictions and the way that the uh, the show is shot, we weren't allowed to all be there. Uh, they didn't feel that we could socially distance enough Um uh, and still be on on frame so that was the uh that was a a, a a difficult decision i thought i thought it'd be a harder one but ads as always with ads it was super chilled and uh just supported us all the way through i think another thing to note is guys as well is that as a team we bring very different things to the table so as you know simon and i are very much the you know at the front and face of the brand and we are very out there and we love talking to the camera ads is an extremely strong asset to the group he's more of a logistical money man it was actually a little bit of a i mean simon says it was an easy decision but there was definitely a moment of but, you know, shouldn't the money guy go on? And I think that's one of the key things that you've noticed about being on Dragon's Den is that people need to know their numbers and they're absolutely ripped apart if they yeah. don't know their numbers. So it was a real challenge because I'm not the strongest at numbers, ads and is. <laughs> um, but as you saw from it, Simon was amazing. And I think that really was down to him really doing his homework, understanding. And I think a benefit was pushing you to understand your business better and quicker. So what I mean by that is we were really early on. So if you kind of didn't understand something, you were like, it's okay, this person looks after it. But we knew that if we were going to go on there and represent our business, 
we didn't want to do that. We didn't just want to be like, oh, we'll blag it on TV. No, we really needed to know kind of, and you know, Simon had moments where he got us to grill him on certain questions. You know, he was just going through, I mean, you can talk about your own experience, but I think it was amazing how you being a non-numbers person really got down to the nitty gritty of the numbers. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to say we've got a lot of amazing people behind us um, that really helped put that all together. But um, it was um, it was it was it was traditional old school revision tactics from from school days, to be honest. That's what it reminded me of. Um, but the, I think what you didn't see on the actual aired version of the den uh, and one thing that we haven't mentioned yet is that actually we were in there for two and a half hours being grilled. Uh, not the 13 minutes that you sure saw on BBC. Um, and so there was a lot of numbers chat about balance sheets, profit and loss, uh, projections, margins, cost of goods, so much stuff that I'm actually really proud of, of myself and Rona and ads that we've all had to learn over the last 18 months, uh, well, longer, two years that we've been uh, working on parlor um obviously we only launched in march last year but we were working on it for a year before then um but that's the one of the wonderful things of this whole experience is that we've all learned so many new skills um and uh, and that really came to light in the whole dragon's den process because we had to we had to execute on them in front of millions and millions of people and uh, i knew full well that peter jones loves to grill people on numbers so i made sure that i knew them like the back of my hand that actually brings me on to another question that got asked and it was like two and a half hours what the hell tell me more about that so i'm gonna give my version of the events and simon's gonna give his and i, I mean i'm sure there's some overlap and something that we're missing but so when they confirm that you're going to be on we we get told that it's in manchester sort out accommodation and travel simon and i decided to go down the day before took the train down we took the train down separately we then got to our hotel rooms. We had practiced the pitch until we were basically blue in the face by this point, by the way, guys, because <laughs> we had just gone over it and over it and over it. So there's only so much more pitching practice that you can do. Then we knew that we needed to be at the studio the next day at a certain time. So we both got up. Simon went for a run. I was just quite nervous, sort of sitting in my hotel room, had fairly sleepless night just because you got that adrenaline. As Simon says, like taking an exam, you're like, what is going to happen? What is going to go on? Then what happened was, is that we got taken to the studio, I think around 11, and because of COVID restrictions and social distancing, we actually couldn't spend much time together in the uh, in the waiting area, if you like. So there was like a few snacks and they touch up your makeup. They were very strict about people. It's about ensuring that you guys aren't too together. So we had our own dressing rooms. And again, from our dressing rooms, we were kind of like WhatsApping each other and, you know, just giving each so other nervous. Like, so nervous. And then eventually they give you a warning that you're about to go on. When we actually went on, um, we, as you saw kind of behind the scenes, you know, we were overwhelmed nervous i mean i was really quiet i think for me and we went in and as you saw our pitch and it was really it was a really nice oh you missed rones you missed a bit before so we had we had that whole intro thing didn't we oh, we did yeah. all the intro we did all the intro stuff before yeah uh where, where actually you might not remember this i said this to someone the other day but you uh you absolutely smashed that bit and they did they didn't include half the stuff you said but when you were doing it i was like wow rones is really she's really arrived with her a game here like this is before we went into the den 
Um, so we're like in the little backsta- uh, backstage part, I guess. And uh, yeah, you were just smashing out these one-liners and I was like, she's really ready to rock here. <laughs> so they did that intro bit, as you're right, and we, we came in with so much enthusiasm. And as for, there was another question that someone asked me, which I'm going to integrate into this, where they said, did you want to go on for exposure to take a deal? We definitely went on wanting to take a deal because obviously we had looked up to so many dragons over the years and we did have two dragons in mind. So that was Deborah and that was Tage. So we, we knew exactly the dragons that would be perfect for us. Anyways. Then we did the pitch and you guys only saw like 30 seconds or a minute of the pitch, but the pitch in actual fact was three minutes and there were some great one-liners in there that weren't weren't in the edit. But, you know, it was basically a 50-50 pitch. So, you know, Simon speaking first, then me, Simon rounding off. And it, I think it was well received. I mean, they definitely did the edits in a positive light. And then obviously you get grilled, as Simon says, for two and a half hours. Yeah, I think I think the pit the pitch part for me was firstly the most important. But actually, when you got in there, that was the easy bit. I think once I had those first few lines out, what you've got to remember, guys, is like we literally I've watched Dragon's End since I was like 14 or whatever. And those elevators opening and seeing the dragons in front of you is like that iconic scene. And then you saw it on the den. Me and Rona did a fist pump. We're in the elevator, which isn't really an elevator, by the way. Um, And um and uh, it opens up and you see them in front. And you're like, oh, my God, like, I don't even know how to walk right now. Never mind, give a pitch. <laughs> but actually, the pitch went so well. And I was, I was so chuffed with it because when we'd been practicing it and we had sent in a video pitch beforehand and we did so, mu- so many practices. Um, but when we'd been practicing it, normally one of us would mess up the lines at some point. <laughs> but when we got in there, we both did really, really well. And, uh, and it came off really nicely, I thought. Yeah, for sure. And I think also there's definitely some bloopers which we're going to release sooner or later when we're practicing <laughs> in Asa's in clinic. Now, in terms of the way the actual pitch went, I think what you saw, the, the representation that you were given on television was fair in the sense that Deborah definitely loved the product and she was already using it and she saw something in the product which she hasn't seen before having used toothpaste tablets tablets, and that's mainly the taste, the quality of the product, the brand identity and she very much was aware of the environmental impact. Sarah's you saw really liked it as well but you know felt that she didn't necessarily have the passion I think that was Peter um you know we had our differences with Tuka, but, you know, as it is, a lot of people know that you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea and, you know, dragons will have their reasons as well for not necessarily liking something. But I think the most important thing, because people say, Were you, weren't you really nervous? How was it? I think the most important thing to recognise is that if you're passionate and stay true to the reason why you're there, answering questions is a lot easier than you think. We also have a question on here as well. Someone's asked, what's the most exciting thing that has happened for you guys post the den? I'll let you answer that first. Uh, I mean, well, how many days have it been now? Four days? Um, it's been just mental, really. I mean, the, the amount of messages, uh, the amount of sales to be honest with you i mean the the amount of sales we've done in the last few days is just absolutely it's it's blown our expectations i think we've we're we've almost sold out we've sold out everywhere apart from our website uh we sold out our boots we sold out a vegan kind um on amazon 
um and um and we're getting pretty low on stock on the website as well um but it's been uh it's just been amazing and i think the really nice thing has been all the way through the support from dentists the large majority of the dental profession has been so so positive um and it felt really nice to be able to actually go on tv to talk about something positive around dentistry because dentistry normally just gets such a negative press uh and what we're really trying to do with this product is create something that actually is of the benefit of the world as well as of dentistry and as well as of looking after people's smiles and that sort of thing as well so yeah it's been pretty awesome i think one of the most exciting things for me is that people have recognized that toothpaste tablets aren't a fad and it's actually the future and that's one of the best comments that we've got as a profession saying you know you want to change something that i've been thinking about for a really long time and i think definitely the response that we've got from people has been really overwhelming in a positive way we didn't go on dragon's den to as a sort of marketing ploy you know some people have asked that we literally got asked and knew that we were so early on the business and just decided to go on to share our passion with the world and you know from my point of view as well somebody that's done television as well as simon people always say why do you like doing things on television or why did you agree to do this? And my answer always is, if you can impact people in the thousands and the millions, why wouldn't you? And I think your message is goes so much further than just doing it on social media, for example. And we definitely had that, and particularly with you know perhaps older generations that don't use social media and that were able to engage with the product. So I think it was, for us, the, the most exciting thing has happened is the recognition, the support, you know, the order, you know it's it's all those things and i think i wouldn't i wouldn't change it for the world so also also that it's it's it for us as you say Rones, it's like it's to most people haven't heard of toothpaste tablets and it's the validation and we've had it a little bit all the way along we had it with like this morning we've had it with our being put into boots and we've got other national retailers coming up soon and it's all these sort of little incremental validations and it really felt for me that uh, the Dragon's Den episode was like the end of that first chapter, that like really embryonic chapter, as you said. Um, and now we move on to like the next stage where we like really move out into the mass and into the uh, uh, just trying to, I mean, we've got big, big goals for toothpaste tablets. Like we want it to be the future of toothpaste. We don't want people using plastic toothpaste tubes anymore so by that by the very means of our of our existence we want this to completely change the way people do things just like Roan said on the show um do you remember the time when people used to use plastic bags when they went to the supermarket or plastic uh water bottles instead of refillable ones um we think this is the big change in toothpaste and in oral care in general to be honest see guys that was my really good one-liners that Simon was talking about. <laughs> that actually wasn't planned, but again, that was the whole thing about me talking passionately from the heart. I'm just thinking up at the other questions. Why did you decline the Dragon's offer? That's a great question, Amit. Um, I'm gonna let, it's funny because I, you know, another question that I got was, can the Dragon's hiss hear you whispering at the wall? No. Didn't know, <laughs> didn't know that my microphone could be heard and that I said, they're not going to decline the 20. They're not going to decline the 20. But that wasn't a thing. Like everything you see, see was so real. And that adrenaline rush that makes you just think on your feet is very real, guys. You you cannot pre-plan this stuff. Of course, you can come really ready and prepared when it comes to your business. But those decisions that you make in there are not something that you can plan. So, yes, I... 
I really wanted it, but at the same time, I have been led by Simon and other experts and other fields that made me recognize the value of a business and the value of giving something away. And I'm being honest and vulnerable with you now that I didn't really understand those things, especially when it comes to e-commerce. I understand how to run a dental practice. I've been doing that for ages. This is out of my comfort zone. So having Simon, those mentors, led me to the right decision as it were, because I'd probably been like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just a dragon. And that was my point of view. But I realized I would effectively be giving away more than I have. And that wasn't a smart thing to do. So I was led by Simon in that instance. But I want Simon to elaborate on to why he decided that as well with our mentors and other team members. I think it comes down to um, all the prep we did before. I mean, as you said, as you said already, Rones, firstly, we filmed this last September. We'd been trading for six months like that. We were at such a young stage. We found out that we were going on the show in back in July last year, which was like after three or four months of trading. So we knew we were super early on, but we also knew we couldn't miss out on the opportunity. Um, and so that's the first thing to say. The second thing to say is that in the run up to the den, we were grilled by some incredible individuals. Uh, you've already mentioned Dan Murray Serta. Um, but we were also grilled by some some other um, really uh, experienced and knowledgeable investors. And all of them said to us, guys, don't let the dragons bullet be beat you around. Don't let them um, take you for more equity than uh, it, than is fair. Uh, and we all after I think we had three of those um, grilling sessions after each of them, the valuation that we uh, had proposed at that time um, was viewed as being very, very fair. And, and some of them even said that we should have put a higher valuation on the business. So that's what I went into the den. I, that's the only reason I went in with so much confidence around the valuation. And that's why I felt we had enough confidence to not take the offer is because um, the last, as much as I wanted an offer, because at the moment that Tej said, I'm going to give you an offer, I think both me and Rones were both like, where did that come from? Like, I was, it, it was not looking good at that stage. Like, we'd lost three dragons. Uh, Tucker had been on our case, which we'll come back to later on, I'm sure. Uh, Peter and Sarah were both really nice. Um, but Tej was sort of a bit, uh, sort of, he was quite casual and quite, like, non-emotive. So it was quite difficult to know where he was at. Um, so when we got those offers, we were buzzing internally, obviously. Um, but at the same time, I just knew how gutted we would have been. And I knew what our other co-founders would have said if we'd come back and, uh, and said we'd given away 30% of the business. It, it wasn't part of the, the game plan. So I think that that's the thing. And I think one of the most, I mean, we'll come back to the Tucker thing because I've got like a million questions on that. But, <laughs> but the thing is, is that I think one of the most iconic moments for us, which we only saw for the first time on television, was when... Um, Tucker said you dodged a bullet and uh, Deborah said no I didn't you can throw money at this but I don't have the credibility of those two so first of all thanks Debs, Debs, Debs <laughs> we love you we, we love, love you, you. <laughs> she's literally such an amazingly she stood up for us and that was we as you as you say we didn't we didn't get to see that bit like all, all, all we um all I remember when we turned down the offer is that Tucker was like <gasps> yeah we made it they didn't they, they didn't, didn't show it in the show either. but he he got he gasped and i was like oh god have i made the right decision <laughs> but yeah we were, we loved that that was that was the best line from deborah because that that actually really i'm just going to talk about that point now Te, uh took her saying that he could uh set up 
he could get it on the shelves for a thousand pounds is the most ridiculous thing I've heard of in my whole life. That's like saying I could get a pair of Nikes on the shelves. I, I could I could take the Nike trainers, copy them, and stick them on the shelves. Of course you could. You can copy anything, like unless it's got a physical patent. It comes down to brand um, and actually authenticity and uh, credibility, as Deborah said, and actually passion. Um, but also on so top that, of that, Deborah has been using our competitors and confirmed that she said this is better. She goes, I'm yeah. already on toothpaste tablets, but they don't taste quite right. This is better and it's presented better. And I think that's the whole thing about brand identity. And if you think we've we, we stopped there, no, we recognize just like any other brands, formulas keep improving, size, packaging, everything always changes all the time to make it a better experience for the customer. Yeah. So we are addressing that every single every every, every time single, yeah. every single moment. And I think the one thing is is that people are saying, why did took why did it you why what was wrong with took I don't think there was anything wrong with him. He does have um <laughs> I don't he does have affiliations with another dentist and another dental brand. So he obviously feels very passionate about what he's doing there. And, you know, that was it. But at the end of the day, everyone... Well, he clearly had a conflict. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll say it if you won't, Rose. But <laughs> he, 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 there was clear, he, as you say, he had his own agenda. Um, and that was quite clear, I think, throughout the whole episode. That's fine. I mean, that's business at the end of the day. You've got to do what's right for your own business. But um, thankfully, the four other dragons were really, really nice. And there were loads of bits in there, I think, that they didn't include from Peter and Sarah, um, who were really, really complimentary about the product uh and the purpose of the product um it wasn't the right investment for them and i and i get that um but uh yeah it was um it was quite clear from the start with Tucker, and it was it was really hard actually because he was coming out it was coming at us hard for a long time and it was that made up a, a fair proportion of the grilling that we undertook yeah and as i said you know they they do edit certain things and uh, but we do feel, you know, generally they did edit it in a fair light because sometimes editing is done for good TV as it were. So as I said, you saw 15 minutes, we were in there for two and a half hours. Someone just asked, do you have an idea as to what initial offer they may come in with? Well, it, it kind of touches back on Simon's point. So we had um, an incredible entrepreneur, very successful businesswoman that knows the businessman that knows the dragons very well and he helped us with our valuation and he thought that what we'd come in with was really fair so he thought that they would accept that offer because we weren't being ridiculous like sometimes you watch dragons den you see people like we're valuing at two million but this is the amount of sales that we've made so yeah. we'd actually taken his advice on that so i think simon and i did think i mean maybe i'm just speaking for both of us and do interject I thought they might just accept the offer on the basis that it was fair. Yeah, I think. I, th I mean, I think we both we both went in with that with that confidence after the meetings that we'd had before the den. Um, but they also said in those in those pre meetings, like it's TV, the dragons are going to go hard at you. We didn't have a, a, a long, long history of sales, so I, I, I fully understand the dragons' positions at the same time, uh, and I think. Um, funnily enough, we actually got contacted by a different Dragon's Den researcher this year who didn't realise we were on the show, uh, asking us to go on for this year. And I think if we if we had been in the 2021 cohort, then it would have been a very much different situation because we're so much further along now as a brand. Um, we've got so much more history of sales. We've got so many more retailers on board, etc. So um, I think um, 
it was it was it was the right time for us to go when we went, uh, and I, I fully understand Deborah and Tej's position. Um, but as Deborah said at the end, we are going to take over the the toothpaste world with this product, and um, and hopefully she'll be a happy customer, if not an investor. <laughs> So I hope that guys jump in if, if you want to. Now, there's been a question here which leads to some of the questions that we had, which is on Parler Pro. So I just want to uh, clear up a few things that happened on Dragon's Den and Simon will go into the benefits. We had developed Parler Pro um, just around the time of Dragon's Den and we recognized there was a huge gap in the market with regards to toothpaste and also benefits when it comes to health and beauty. And so we looked up key ingredients that we could incorporate with the toothpaste in the same way that skincare now has things like retinol, vitamin C, uh, vitamin A, all those sorts of things that um, recognize the importance of maintaining skincare, you know, not just for a beauty perspective, but a health perspective. So we wanted to put that in Parler Pro. And one of the key ingredients is hydroxyapatite, which gives the teeth incredible gloss and shine and also helps with sensitivity. Now, as I said, Simon's going to go into the science, but I will say when we brought up Parlor Pro in the den, it actually took the interest of Tucker as well and all of the dragons and they were really into uh, the formula. They didn't show that on the edit, but we really put a push for Parlor Pro to come out at the same time as Dragon's Den because we didn't know if people would start asking about it. So we know that we've effectively launched it now and there's not been a lot of explanation around it, which we're going to go that we're going to go into. We are actually having a official press launch in May. Uh, with key press influencers etc etc but I know now as you're all doing your pre-orders and ordering you want to know a little bit more about the science but that is the background as to why we have launched it now in conjunction with Dragon's Den yeah so to give you a bit more information about Pro in essence it's got the same base as our uh, our original tablets uh, so same plastic free gluten free vegan palm oil free everything that we that we stand for with regards to ethics and, and efficacy um, the things that we've added into it, uh, and, and fluoride as well, I should say, it's, it still contains um, the correct dose of fluoride. Um, but we've added in this hydroxyapatite, which, as Rona's already said, is the building blocks of enamel, which we view to be a sort of real super ingredient. And that's the key sort of lead ingredient in Parlor Pro. Um, but we wanted to go one step further than that. So with regards to sensitivity, that is the number one question that we get asked uh, from our customers um, and so we had to make this as effective uh, for sensitivity uh, and people who struggle with it as possible. So we included uh, another ingredient called potassium citrate, uh, which is very, very good at protecting against sensitivity. So the combination of those two is epic for that purpose. Uh, but also these tablets are remineralizing. So they actually remineralize and strengthen the enamel. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about hydroxyapatite is it's actually sort of strengthening the enamel and protecting it for the future. And then we went even one step further. I think we must have been going a bit crazy at this point. But we thought a lot of our patients are uh, vitamin B12 um, deficient as vegans. Uh, uh, being vegan, Mostly vitamin B12 comes from animal products. Uh, and we know it's a big struggle for our customers. So um, we tried our absolute hardest to, to incorporate some vitamin uh, inclusions into this product to boost immunity, to boost the nervous system, um, all of which uh, vitamin B12 is, is really crucial in. Uh, and we've also included vitamin E in there as well. And there's some awesome, awesome studies showing that vitamin B12 fortified toothpaste uh, gives the correct uh, body blood level of vitamin B12 in vegans and the elderly. 
um, which is great. And we just thought what a wonderful thing to be able to add in there to help maintain people's immune systems um, in a way that they don't even need to think about. They just brush their teeth twice a day uh, and that does a job for them. So yeah, that's pro. Uh, we're super excited about it. It's, it's our... Um, and it's the first tablet in the entire world has all of that so just just saying guys <laughs> yeah which we're so excited about it's it's been a real long time coming and um yeah we're, we're really pumped about it and the other thing is people ask is parlor suitable for sensitivity so we recognize that a huge population a huge percentage of the population suffer from sensitivity absolutely and parlor pro is definitely also the one to help with that and also to aid in uh, other things like professional tooth whitening you know if you want to kind of reduce sensitivity and so forth um, also we've got another question um, so it says why did you add hydroxyapatite and not fap as I mean I'm guessing that's floor appetite it still does have fluoride in it that's another good point actually for that question because we have been people have been asking whether it does have fluoride in it um, there was another question there would we accept the uh, the valuation uh, would we accept the offers today uh, and is the valuation today the same as it was when we were in the den? Um, so I think it's important to highlight again there that um, when we went into the den, it was September last year. Uh, we're now May. And so um, uh, obviously the valuation has, had, would it have increased during that time. We've done more sales. As I've already mentioned, we're into more retailers um, and uh, the brand has a, has a bigger brand awareness in general with regards to press that we've achieved and uh, um, uh, sort of celebrity status that uh, that Rona's helping to push through um, with uh, a lot of her clients. So it's um, the valuation would definitely have gone up today. And that's why I'm saying probably 2021 would have been the right time for us to go into the den. Um, but as I say, we you've got to take the uh, the opportunity when it presents itself, I guess. Yeah, and I think the other thing to note is, um, we'll come back, um, Sav, with the hydroxyapatite and fluorapatite. Um, I think the other thing to note is, it's so funny because so many people are like, oh, you should just take a dragon for their connections and kind of like their little black book. But as Deborah Meaden already said at the end, you know, I don't have the credibility of those two. Of course, she is an incredible woman and entrepreneur, but having connections is one thing and, you know, running a business is a completely different thing and i always say you know it's okay like there's a lot of dentists watching here for example as well it's very easy to open up a dental practice it's a completely different conversation to make that practice successful and i think that's the same with the product and i think you know we've recognized that we've got some strong points so you know i treat a lot of patients that are online and can spread the message but that's just one part of it you know so I think really just having a dragon for the sake of the dragon isn't, as I've learned as well, isn't necessarily the best thing to do. Um... Rose, I just want to answer that Colgate question. So are you worried Colgate could launch a similar product and crush your business overnight from Amit? Uh, no, because Colgate have already launched a recyclable toothpaste tube product. Um, all the big boys see the opportunity in greenwashing all of their products. Um, but as has been proven time and time again, when it comes to um, challenger brands coming in against the long-standing uh, mainstay brands, authenticity always shines through. And Colgate is one of the biggest polluters in the world, uh, Colgate Palmolive, with regards to the plastic 
um, disaster that they've helped to contribute to. Um, and so they may well bring out their own um, individual brand, but um, and they already have done, actually. Um, but I'm genuinely not worried about it because what it really means is this this category is here to stay. And that's the most important thing for us. Like we we genuinely are with all of our hearts. Like when we, when Rona and I first came together to, to start this brand, I had um, I just had uh, Thea, my little girl. We just watched Plastic Ocean. We just um, uh, watched Planet Earth. Uh, the sort of first ones where David Attenborough was really going hard against the plastic crisis and sort of showing it to all of us in Indonesia and in uh, the plastic patch in the middle of the Pacific. And um, that's what drove us into making this brand. That's not what was driving Colgate into it. Colgate are being driven purely by finances, purely because they feel that they have to, to maintain their market share. Um, and that lack of authenticity will, will always shine through. And those individuals who actually care about um, the planet uh, won't won't accept that as a as a position and that's already been shown with their their various products they've released already because they are um i didn't know they're doing very well <laughs> yeah so the the other thing is i just wanted to add to simon is is that you can spend your whole life worrying about you know big conglomerates eating you up but at the end of the day that would stop so many people from being where they need to be now and you can think for example when there wasn't even freshly squeezed orange juice because Tropicana was taking over the world and Sunny D back in the 90s if you were growing Sunny up D. when I did and you know I actually knew the person that brought freshly squeezed orange juice to Smarks and Spencers and the idea came to him because he was on a beach in India and someone was serving freshly squeezed orange juice in a bottle. And he was like, oh, I actually think that this could work. You know, if he came back and was like, I could never compete with Tropicana and Sunny D, he would, you know, he freshly squeezed orange juice wouldn't be where it is today. So I think ultimately, yes, there's always a little bit of a risk. But at the end of the day, people like challenger brands, as Simon said, and people that are really behind the movement. And people like people, you know, and we are the little people that, you know, people want to support and aspire to. So I think that really hasn't been a worry to us. And as Simon said, it's just reconfirmed that toothpaste tablets are a thing and are going to be coming a thing as well. Um, so I, just a quick one, because I want to, I want to, um, of, of this one, because uh, people are getting confused and, um, you know, we've been getting lots of messages. Uh, Pro does contain fluoride and hydroxyapatite. So it's not just one or the other, because I know there's been some studies and some talk around whether you can not have fluoride and hydroxyapatite instead, but we have incorporated both. So I hope that answers that. Um, yeah. Someone has brought up here as well that uh, the four-month supply doesn't fit all the tablets. I'm sure that's the thing, is it? The jar? Yeah, so, so uh, when we increased the size of the tablets, which was a big request from our, um, uh, our customers when we had our first iteration of the tablets, um, the, uh, the tablet size... Uh, exceeded the uh, size sufficient in the glass jar, so we are uh, we have dealt with that, and the uh, the new jars that are coming out soon will be able to fit all of them in there. Uh, all that means is that you just have a small amount left over in your compostable bag that you can then refill in at a later date. It's it's not a major issue, but uh, it is something that we're working on. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have any more questions that you got today, by the way? Because I'm going to try and. Um, how do uh, dental practices stock in their clinics was a question that I had. 
Um, and um, we, uh, anyone who is interested, if you're a dentist and you want to stock it in your practice, please just email uh, Hayley at parlortoothpastetabs.com um, and uh, she'll be able to organize all the details for you. But simple answer is that, uh, yes, we, um, we love the dental profession. We have our, 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 our student ambassadors, a lot of you I've seen on the, uh, on the chat here. Um, we have our parlor professionals who are the, uh, the dentists and the hygienists that have supported us right from the beginning. Um, but we, we need the dental profession to make this change. So Amit, in answer to your question, yes. Amit, legend, I'm well connected in the corporate world. I own, they own 600 practices. Yes, we all need to work together. So 100%, the more of you that are on board, the more that we can create this movement together. So for those dentists that are interested, as Simon said, Haley at parlortoothpastetabs.com. But yeah, so so we we uh, we have wholesale prices for dental practices. Uh, we also have codes that dental practices can use to allow their patients to subscribe, um, uh, which is financially beneficial for them. So um, we know that a lot of patients are going into dental practices uh, and asking for plastic-free options. Um, and for sure, I would imagine as of tomorrow, <laughs> there will probably be even more after uh, Dragon's Den going out last week. Yeah, for sure. Um, so another one of the questions was, we think we've answered that, how has your life changed since? Uh, Maizoon's asked, do the tablets expire? Um, we've put a, a 12 months after opening on the uh, on the jar, May, but they're, they're very, very stable in a tablet form because there's no moisture in there. Yeah. Someone's also asked, would you do it again? 100%. Handy P. Uh, I found this really interesting, actually, because I've, I've heard a lot of people... Um, I obviously listen to like every interview ever from from a startup entrepreneur that's been on Dragon's Den before the show, um, as we both did, Rones. And a lot of them said they wouldn't do it again. And I mean, I understand if you get completely slated, um, but we had a pretty rough time in there, didn't we? We had a, we had a, a real grilling and it was hard work, but I would definitely do it again, 100%. Yeah, me too. And I think it just completely takes you out of your comfort zone. But it was just really funny because when I watched it back, I was like, I can't even remember saying that, but that sounds quite good. No. So, <laughs> so I think it really, it, really, it really pushed me to speak from my heart, which I don't mind being in that situation. And as Simon said, people say it's a lot more horrible than actually doing other investor pitches because we spoke to a lot of entrepreneurs. So again... One of the amazing things about Dragon's Den was connecting with other entrepreneurs that had done the show or have um, have thought about being on the show, for example. Um, and so we be, were able to connect with them. I'm going to just do a little roundup about Daniel Murray-Serta because I think it's a really important thing to mention him because he's been one of our greatest mentors as well. Daniel and I knew each other when we were... 13 or 14 and we hung out together and revised for GCSEs and A-levels and then we lost touch when I was about 21 years old and he went on to do some amazing entrepreneurial things and me as a dentist that has a very kind of like black, white, two plus two equals career path, found it really inspiring to see someone like him that really kind of went for it. He randomly messaged me about a month before Dragon's Den and said, 
my mum, how are you, Rona? My mum was asking about you the other day. We reconnected, you know, I've told him about investor pictures, etc. And he helped us and so forth. And I think one of the greatest things is, is talking to people outside of the profession that you're doing and understanding how their business does. I'm not doing a plug in for Simon because I'm not sponsored to do it. But his podcast as well, which I think really, you know, the genesis of his podcast was giving those top tips to people that want to make changes and habits to leading a very effective or successful life so you know I think that was a really important part to where how we ended up you know being on the show and you know portraying ourselves in the way that we did yeah I mean I learned so much from that original chat we had with Dan I think we would have we would have been so much less well prepared if we hadn't have done that with him um there was a couple of other questions earlier there Rones um one was around cost and I think the cost piece is a really important one for us to talk about because um we fully understand that our tablets are more expensive than, for example, Colgate Total's basic toothpaste brand. But you've got to think about what's going into that. All of our ingredients have been hand chosen to be as effective as possible. Obviously, that's a, that's a given, um, but also ethically sourced um, and sustainably sourced. And that's really, really important to us. And I don't think people quite understand how much time and effort goes into making sure that the whole manufacturing chain is is as ethical and sustainable as possible, both on the ingredient side for the tablets, but also on the packaging side. Uh, when we were designing these products at every single stage, when we when we say, oh, we want to use, we need to put a label on that. OK, fine. Um, we need it to look great and be biodegradable and vegan dyes and sustainable and, and not poison the soil that it ends up in okay yeah times the price you were going to pay by six um and that's basically the situation for every single element that we've added into the product so 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 important to us is that we want this product to be as mass market as possible because the the, the more people we get to make this one small change to parlor the more impact we're going to have environmentally to reduce the plastic crisis um but at the same time it had to be a viable business model <laughs> and it had to actually work as a business otherwise we we couldn't do it so um we we have tried to be as fair as possible with the pricing structure that's why we have the subscription element in there um that brings the cost down uh, and is the most actually also the most sustainable option because it's a closed loop system where there is no waste um but yeah that's just to answer that one question that we had on uh, on finances Someone's asked, have you ever thought about using Cedars or Crowd or crowd Clubs for funding? Crowdcube. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think we would necessarily be uh, adverse to anything right now. We're, we're very much keeping our, our options open. Um, we've had a lot of interest from investors and, and people that want to uh, get involved with the brand, which is really, really flattering and humbling. Um, uh, and uh, it's certainly on the table. We, we haven't quite made our mind up on that yet. We've had a, quite a few meetings about it. So TBC. And that is the exciting thing. And we've already really answered how we came up with the idea of Parlour Toothpaste Tabs. Uh, you know, we came together because we were representing a lot of brands and we didn't really understand the implications of plastic tubes and also the ingredients were in them and we wanted to develop something that wasn't harmful to you or the planet looked into options available and essentially toothpaste has to be carried in a tube if it's going to be in liquid form and even if it's recyclable you're just delaying the process to the landfill you're not solving the problem so we want to take plastic out completely and as for the name parlor it means pearl in swedish which Simon came up with and promised that he'd name his second child that, but I didn't see that. So 
Yeah, I forgot about that bottles one. Bottles it, bottles it, have you? But basically it connotes to pearl of the ocean, mother pearl, you know, pearly white teeth and all that kind of stuff as well. And a lot of people actually asked us, we had a lot of emails about our teeth. We both had composite bonding, thought we'd just put yeah. that in there. And uh, you're both whitening and composite bonding. So that was one of the things. I just got a question here, Sai, as well. Moving forward, are you looking into making toothbrushes and especially dental floss for sensitive teeth that are, again, plastic-free, etc.? So I've just put that one on there. So we've just launched our new toothbrush. Um, so the parlor brush launched last week. Um, and it is, it, it is, uh, it's super exciting. The reason we've held off for so long is that the majority of bamboo toothbrushes out there, um, have nylon in the bristles. Nylon is made for fossil fuels. Um, and so is, uh, firstly, not biodegradable, not compostable, um, but also contributing to carbon emissions associated with fossil fuels. So um, we wanted to create a, a fully 100% plant-based toothbrush uh, that was fully compostable as well. So our bamboo is made from mozo bamboo, which is wild. Uh, it grows so fast, it's actually de described as a grass, not a tree. Um, so, uh, and also very importantly, it doesn't damage the habitats of, um, of pandas. Uh, so that was super important to us as well. Uh, and then as I said, the bristles are made of castor beans uh, in, in entirety um, and um, and so can be fully composted and, and turn into plant food uh, and you can either compost that at home or in industrial compost so that's why we, we took a bit of time creating our brush it also looks beautiful which is really important to us because design is very important to us uh, and ergonomically from a dental point of view it's got a small rounded head um, which we, we discussed with a number of professionals is the uh, is the preferred shape to uh, to maximize efficacy when it comes to cleaning prowess. Yes, and then we said, can you tell me more about the whitening element? Is it as strong as the whitening content in other tubes? Okay, so this is a really important one. Tooth whitening depends on two things. You've got either external stain removal or dealing with the problem internally. Now, a lot of toothpaste can only deal with external problems. So what they do is, the design is based on ability to remove stains. So for example, if you're a smoker, you drink black coffee or black tea and red wine. So these toothpaste will try and scrub off the stains. The only problem is, is that sometimes, not all of them, but most of them have very harsh abrasive particles, almost like sand. They have, exactly, they have the ability to basically scrub away your enamel in the attempts of removing those stains. Now, if enamel is removed, it's removed permanently, it doesn't grow back, so it can be extremely harmful. I actually did an article on this a few years ago that was in a huge publication about a patient of mine that had been using a whitening toothpaste that completely destroyed her enamel, and she ended up having to get veneers because her enamel was so thin from whitening toothpaste so you have to be very very careful however you want gentle stain removing products that can give you a whiter brighter smile so our original parlor does that as well it has four stain removing ingredients that don't harm the enamel but exciting as well with pro as we said is the addition of hydroxyapatite gives the teeth a really nice gloss and a shine so that as well will improve the aesthetics of the teeth now in terms of peroxide peroxide is the only thing that can internally whiten the teeth they come in different percentages but basically the percentage that you get at the dentist which is either 16 percent carbamide peroxide or six percent hydrogen peroxide is not available 
available over the counter in any form in any toothpaste. So some toothpastes have very tiny amount of hydrogen peroxide, which is very unlikely to have a difference and make your teeth physically whiter. Yeah, and just to just to follow up on the uh, on the hydroxyapatite point, in essence, what it's doing there is it's blocking the pores of the teeth, um, which creates a much flatter surface, which means that it reflects the light much more. So that's why we call it high gloss whitening in the pro product, as opposed to uh, naturally whitening in the uh, original product, is because the addition of that pro just gives that real nice shiny white smile. That's basically the science behind um, it. There was another question that said, do you not think it was punchy, your evaluation, considering you'd only, only made 45,000 in sales? Um, no, um, because we had a lot more on the table already locked in moving forward. Um, and we'd only... Yeah, we'd only be trading for six months. And, and to be honest with you, I think that... Um, the the trading that we'd done over that time was was fairly reasonable. Don't forget, it was also during a pandemic, um, during the the start of like lockdown one. So it wasn't an easy time for anyone. Um, it was a very uh, difficult and, and new time. Um, and so uh, it's a it's a fair point, I guess, in some ways. But um, no, I think I think our valuation was fair based on the potential that was and, and still is in the brand and, and that continues to grow and, and get stronger um, every month. Yeah, and by the where we are to date is definitely much more further along than when we were on Dragon's Den. Another Rose, before you ask that next question, can I just answer a few that I had on my Instagram? Um, so which tab is best for sensitivity? We've covered that, that's Pro. Can you use with an electric brush? Yes, you can use all of our tablets with an electric brush. Um, that's no problem with that at all. Where can you purchase our tabs? Uh, so we're currently available, obviously, uh, through our website, um, which is the only place that you can get us on subscription. Um, but you can also buy us from Boots, uh, Amazon, uh, Boots Online, Amazon, uh, the Vegan Kind Supermarket, Bauer Collective, and We Earth. I think those are the main online retailers. And then we're also stocked in some um, refill and zero waste independent stores across the country, as well as in certain dental practices across the country as well. Um, international shipping, when can people expect it? Um, so we uh, would recommend signing up to our newsletter or following us on Instagram on the Parlor Toothpaste Tabs page. Um, we are expecting to go live with international orders uh, in the next couple of weeks. So um, as I say, please either um, uh, subscribe to our newsletter on our website or follow the Parlor Instagram and um, and you'll be updated as soon as that um, becomes available. And then the last question was just on fluoride. Again, fluoride is in all of our products um, and that is something that's very, very important to us. Which I love the fact they added to that into Dragon's Den, by the way. They definitely put... Yeah, they did actually. That was a, that was a really good public exactly. health message. Where do you see Parlor <laughs> in five years? Do you want me to answer that one? I know your answer, so that's fine. Uh, well, I, I, firstly, I see it in every, in every major supermarket, um, and every major pharmacy. Um, I, I genuinely believe that, that Parler is the future of toothpaste. I think that, um, there's been an element of luck as with everything. We're in the right place at the right time, but every single person that I tell that their toothpaste tubes that they've used for, they bought their toothpaste tube, they've used it for a month, they throw it in the bin. Every single toothpaste tube you've ever used 
still exist somewhere on the planet. Um, and annoyingly, they cut that out of my pitch on the den because that's my favourite my favorite line. Um, but it's my favourite line because it's so shocking. Like every single tube I've ever used, and as dentists, think about how many of these small little tubes that we give out for free because the, the toothpaste companies give them to us for free. We give them out as free samples because it's nice for patients to have stuff for free. Um, those little tubes last for a week and they then last for 500 years gradually breaking down into smaller and smaller microplastics which enter our ocean enter our food system and then eventually enter our bodies and our children's bodies through the fish that we eat uh, if you if you are eating fish um, or even if you're not eating fish it may be that you eat an animal that does eat a fish and then you're you're getting it through through that ecosystem uh, and so it, it's not it, it is the only answer um and that's why it's um it's something that i genuinely believe is going to be the future of toothpaste um as to how far that goes five years is a long long way for me to uh to predict but we're in it for the long run and um we're loving Absolutely. the ride i guess friends, aren't we? for me in five years i want parlor to be a household name that everyone just knows you know have you got parlor have you got your parlor you know i want people to recognize this as the toothpaste tablet to be using i've said that on dragon's den and i mean that as well um someone said can you get the parlor toothbrush every four months too on subscription yep yeah so the brush is available on subscription um but only with a uh, a subscription of tablets perfect oh another question's just come in and that's fine just really proud of you guys um okay cool i think we've answered all of those so guys uh anyone else aside and if you've got any other questions on there i've gone through all of those um oh look this is great news i've noticed my teeth looking whiter and cleaner that is exactly because of our stain removal ingredients so i'm really happy to you to hear that um and anything else i i mean look i hope i hope we've answered all the questions we've definitely had no filter you know we've answered absolutely everything that's come our way as mentioned it was a very nerve-wracking but amazing experience at the same time and i think definitely looking back brings a smile on my face and yes i'm not gonna lie you know that moment that we walked away from dragons like having had two offers but not walking away with an offer was definitely a sort of like oh my god moment but i think the the feedback that we've received from people to say it's amazing to walk away because the deal they were giving you wasn't good enough and you stood behind your brand is such an encouraging thought and also just reinforces that we made the right decision. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that side, but that's definitely how I feel because I definitely was like, you know, should we have taken it, you know, even after yeah. giving it? But, but at the end of the day, it's not just about having a dragon, as I said, you know, understand your business, understand its value and, you know, really think about what they can bring on the table versus what you can bring to the table and what you really want from it. So I think that's the most important thing when you're making that really difficult decision. Uh, yeah, I'll come on to my closing thoughts on the den in a second, but just to answer this question around uh, the current toothpaste marketplace and, and it being oversaturated and confusing. I think uh, this is the reason that we've thrown everything into pro. Um, we could have quite easily done a whitening toothpaste, a sensitivity toothpaste, a gum toothpaste. Uh, and I agree, I, I personally, if I wasn't a dentist, I would find all of the different options at the toothpaste aisle. Um, I would get decision paralysis. There's, there's just too much there. And my argument's always been, well, what happens if I've got 
sensitive teeth, but I also want my teeth to look whiter and you have stain removal. Um, and, and so what we've tried to do with Pro is actually be as fair as possible, put as much into it as possible. And we know it's a higher price product than our original product. But again, we've tried to be as fair as possible, include only the best ingredients um, and actually give you the best bang for your buck. So if you are the sort of individual that wants to do the best for your teeth with regards to the latest ingredients and uh, even immunity boosting and, and antioxidants built into the, the tablet itself, that's what that product's there for. Um, as I say, most companies on the market split it into multiple different tubes. Uh, and I, I too find that confusing and saturating the market. Our message is really, really clear. We have clean, effective ingredients in sustainable packaging. And now with Pro, we have the latest cutting edge ingredients built into that as well. So that if you really want to upgrade the, the your tooth brushing regime, then that's in there as well. So hopefully hopefully that answers that question. Um, with regards to my feelings on the den, um, Rose will know this very well. I'm, I'm always hypercritical of myself. Uh, and I was super nervous, to be honest with you. Before the show went live, I was like, Really, I mean, you don't remember. You've, you're in there for two and a half hours. God knows what we said. It's, it was my feeling before going, before seeing the show back. Um, and you don't want to make, firstly, a bad representation of yourself, but also you don't want to make a bad representation of the profession. And dentists are hyper, hyper critical of each other as a profession. And both Rhoda and myself were terrified of the fact that we had said the wrong things or... or um, or not made, the, as I say, the best representation of ourselves, but more importantly of the brand, because we're so, so passionate about this brand. Um, and that's why I'm so, I've, for the last few days, I've been just buzzing, to be honest with you, not only because the response was amazing, um, but also because um, I feel like we've given a really good representation of what toothpaste tablets are all about uh, and what we're all about as people as well. Um, and so, yeah, I was really chuffed with that. You say, uh, Yogi Bali says, I didn't look nervous. Uh, I, it was 28 degrees and I was wearing a thick double-breasted suit. So I was sweating so much in there under the lights. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I think we answered the preferred dragon, um, Aria. We said it was going to be Ted and Deborah, who exactly were the ones that gave us the offer. And I think I echo those sentiments as well, that it's often dentists don't understand the why of why other dentists do things that they do. But I think one thing that Simon and I have in common is that we feel very, very strongly about changing public perceptions of dentists as being the scary person behind the mask or having negative a negative impression of dentists. So for us, we definitely wanted to appear approachable whilst getting our brand across as well. And I think we did that, you know, because the public response and the professional response has been more than we both would have imagined with 99% support. And, you know, people behind the parlor mission or behind, you know, us as professionals. So I think that's more than I could ever ask for. Yeah, brilliant. Right, Rones, I've got a role. But um, that was awesome. Uh, hopefully we answered all your questions, guys. If you ever get the chance to go on Dragon's Den, just do it. Don't be scared. Just get on there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was an amazing, amazing ride prepared, for both of us. Go prepared. All right. Have a great night. Go prepared. Yeah. And I will, I'll be saving this live for any of you that want to watch it later or share it. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Bye, mate. Hi, guys. Simon again here. 
Just one more thing before you guys go. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really hope it gave you an immense amount of value. If I could ask just one thing of you all, please subscribe to the podcast. Please share it. Please write a review if you enjoyed it. Please talk to your friends about it. The bigger the podcast gets, the better the guests I can get on and the more value I can give back to you all. So that's it from me. I'll see you on the next one. And until next time, enjoy the ride.